0: Well, when we began our study of 1 Timothy, if you'll remember, we said that Paul's purpose for writing 1 Timothy was to give the priorities of a healthy local church. Paul is setting forth not just his own opinions, but God's view concerning what a healthy church looks like. He's written this letter, chapter 3, verse 15, in order that we may know how to conduct ourselves in the household of God. So this is God's view of how we should conduct ourselves in His household and household talking about the church. Paul, here inspired by the Holy Spirit, is telling us about what our lives and our ministry ought to look like in the local church. And today we look at the qualifications, and there's a word there that you may not be familiar with, overseers. We're going to talk about this a little bit, not to a great extent. I'm going to try to help you understand what that word is. It's the qualification for overseers. i go ahead and tell you, pastor. That's what he's talking about here. The qualifications for overseers or pastor in the local church. We'll see what healthy leaders are to look like in a healthy church. Now, you may be wondering... Why would we spend an entire message dealing with the qualifications for overseers or pastors? I'm going to give you four reasons why. Okay, First, it's in the Bible. That's the number one reason. It's there. And because we preach expositionally through books of the Bible, this comes up on the schedule, so that's why we're preaching this today. If you're your guest with us today and you're wondering, did the pastor get up and just want to preach about himself or about the qualifications that he must meet? No. This is in the order of preaching through books of the Bible. That's why we're there. The first reason we preach is because it's in the Bible. Second is overseers or pastors in the churches are clearly something very important. God has this subject in His Word because He sees it as being important for the life of the local church. And for that reason, it's fitting for us to spend a sermon on this. Thirdly, in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 12, Paul makes it clear that Jesus gave leaders to the church as a gift. You may be going, we want to return ours, we want to regift the one we got. Jesus doesn't give unnecessary gifts. And if he gave the gift of leaders to the church, he must think that his church needs leaders, qualified leaders. And fourth, If Jesus thinks His church needs leaders, then it behooves us to know why Jesus thinks His church needs leaders. Now, as I prayed there, this may be the thought of some of you. You may be thinking, I don't need to hear this. It's about church leaders. And here's what I would say to you. It's God's plan... Listen to me carefully. It's God's plan that the members of the congregation would have the responsibility of selecting their leaders. You're responsible for selecting your leaders. So therefore, you need to know the qualifications, right? So don't zone out here. This is for you. Now, if you're here today and you're not a Christian, and I would say this even applies to Christians. But in particular, if you're here today and you're not a Christian, I'm going to suggest to you that there is actually something of great importance that you can learn from this passage. And I'll let you know at the end of the sermon what that is. So you must stay awake to hear what you need to hear until we get to the end. So if you're looking at your handout, the main idea is the necessity of biblical church leadership. The necessity of of biblical church leadership. Verse 1, and your outline there says God wants pastors who want the work. I know that sounds strange, but listen carefully as I walk through this. God wants pastors. I had the words overseers in there and I had to take it out because it kept bumping your handout to the second line. So I thought, I'm putting the word pastors in there because it's shorter and it puts everything in line. So, God wants pastors or overseers who want the work. Verse 1. A man is qualified to serve as an overseer and a pastor if he wants the work and not just the status. Okay? This saying is trustworthy. If anyone aspires to the office of overseer, he desires a noble task. Notice the phrase there. This saying is trustworthy. This saying is unique to the pastoral epistles. You'll not find this saying anywhere else. Pastoral epistles are 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, and the book of Titus. Each time, it always refers to an important, basic, well-known truth. A trustworthy statement is an obvious, unmistakable truth that doesn't need proof. The trustworthy statement here refers to the call to pastoral ministry. The other times it appears, now listen to this carefully, the other times that it appears... In the pastoral epistles, it's always in relation to doctrinal matters. If you look down to, if you look back at chapter one, verse fifteen, you'll see the point that I'm making here is how all the other references refer to doctrinal matters. Verse fifteen says, "The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners." Of who I am the. For most. So every other time you see this, it's always relating to doctrinal matters, which shows the importance placed on the role of leadership in the local church, the role of an overseer, a pastor. What is the trustworthy statement? If anyone. Now, we see that word anyone. That's a pronoun there. Listen carefully. This doesn't mean anyone. In the original language, in the Greek, that is a masculine pronoun, which means anyone's referring to men. It's not referring to women. Sorry, ladies. God has reserved the role of pastors in the local church for men. If anyone, if any man aspires to the office of overseer, he desires a noble task. Let's talk about that word overseer. Some of you have a translation that has the word bishop. And that even causes you more problems when you see that word bishop. What in the world? Is that word talking about? The word overseer. It says there the office of overseer. This word has significant implications for a proper understanding of leadership in the local church. This word is extremely important for you to understand the role of a pastor in the local church. That term overseer means to be the head of, exercising a position, office of leadership. A leadership position which is responsible For supervising, managing, and directing. The word also implies authority as well as responsibility. In other words, an overseer is someone given the authority and responsibility for watching, directing, protecting. In this instance, that authority and responsibility to to supervise and manage and direct is being done in the context of the church, and it's being done on behalf of someone, and that someone is Jesus. Jesus. Jesus is the one who gives the authority and responsibility for overseeing His people. Now you may be thinking, I understand that role. I heard what you said the role of an overseer is. But what does that title have to do with the church? What does that title have to do with the church? Uh, There's another word that you see in the Bible if you read through the New Testament. And that word is elder. Here you see the word overseer. Those words correspond to pastor or shepherd. An overseer, if you're reading this text, or a bishop, that word should resonate in your mind this way. Pastor, that's what it's talking about. All of those terms are interchangeable, meaning the New Testament uses all those terms to refer to the same person. In other words, the term pastor, shepherd refers to the same position as overseer, as elder. Biblically speaking, elders, overseers, or pastors. So, here's what I want you to understand. When you read the New Testament, you see those words, overseer, bishop, elder, you need to think pastor, because those words are used interchangeably, and I'm going to give you biblical proof of that. This is not something I thought up. This is what the Bible says. One example of this is 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 1-2. through Listen as I read those. Make yourself a note and look at these later on, but listen as I read them. So I exhort the elders, pastors among you, as a fellow elder and as a witness of the sufferings of Christ, as a partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed, listen, verse 2, shepherd the flock of God. Did you hear that word shepherd? What do you think of when you hear shepherd? Pastor. He's talking to who? Elders. And he says, shepherd... Pastor, the flock of God that is among you. Shepherd means to tend to God's people. Shepherd, the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight. Did you hear that? Elder, shepherd, oversight. It's the same thing. Another example is Acts, the book of Acts chapter 20 verse 17. Make yourself a note and listen as I read. From Miletus, Paul sent to Ephesus, the church at Ephesus, and called to him the elders. When you hear that word, what do you think? Pastors. And what does that word have on the end of it? An S. Elders of the church. Singular. And when they had come to him, he said to them, be on guard for yourselves and for all the flock. What's he telling these elders, which are What? pastors, what is he telling them to do? Watch yourselves and be on guard for who? All the flock. Among you, listen to this, which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Overseers means what? He's referring to who? Pastors, which overseers is telling them. This is what you do. You oversee the flock of God. To shepherd the church of God which is purchased with his own blood. So those are two passages that... Use those words interchangeably, and for us, that's talking about a pastor. Elder, overseer, bishop is referring to a pastor. Now, some of you heard me use the words authority, managing, supervising, which is what an overseer does. It's what a pastor does. Now, I will admit that the word authority gives some of us problems, (coughs) does it not? What happens to you when I say the word authority? Man, we get tight, don't we? We don't like that word. We don't like authority. Let me give you an example. Parents of all people, you should know this. Right? Your children don't like authority, right? This is yes, parents. If you have a child in your home, you should be nodding your head. If you've ever had a child in your home, you're going be going, yes. I, my, they don't like authority. You tell them to do something, and what do they do? Mm. No, we don't like authority. We, and and, and we, we take that, and we hear this uh, responsibilities of this overseer of pastors, and we think, the pastor having authority, I'm, I'm not sure about that. One man shouldn't have all the authority. To which I would say, you are exactly right. One person shouldn't have all the authority. That's why in the New Testament, every church had more than one pastor. They had a plurality of overseers. Every time you see the word church and elder in the New Testament, when I say the word elder, what do you think? Come on, say it with me. Pastor. Every time you see the words church and elder used together in the New Testament, the word church is always singular and the word elder is always plural no New Testament church had just one overseer regardless of how small they were and you may say why would there be the need for more than one pastor remember they're overseers those who lead the church the reason for multiple or plural pastors or elders would be it prevents a concentration of either criticism or power in one person and that's a good thing, right? And groups of leaders usually make better decisions than just one person, right? That's, you need to say amen. Groups of people make better decisions than one person. Now look again with me at verse 1. God wants pastors who want the work. If anyone aspires to the office, notice the word aspire. The word means to stretch oneself out, to, to reach out for something. This is not ambition for status but reaching towards serving the chief shepherd Jesus by helping shepherd His people. This is not a position of status that someone's aspiring to. It means that a man must wholeheartedly want to be an elder or a pastor. It's a desire that remains, listen, it's a desire that remains even after counting the cost of being a pastor. I remember when I got to seminary, I had one professor in particular that tried to talk us out of going into the ministry. He said, if you can find it... I know." We all sit there like... He tried to talk us out. He said, if you can find anything else in the world to do, you need to do it. Now, what was his point? If you ain't willing to pay the price, you need to get out. Even after counting the cost, they still long for this. It's a desire to do the work of overseeing, the work of shepherding God's people. Not only is there an aspiring notice there, there's also a desire. He desires the role of overseer, a pastor. Desire means the man has an inward passionate compulsion. And you take both these terms, you put them together, it describes a man who outwardly pursues the ministry of an overseer because of a driving compulsion on the inside. For this man being a pastor is not the best option it's the only option. That's what this means. There's nothing else he could do with his life that would fulfill him. That's what this is talking about. And that's the kind of man you want to be your leader. Look again at verse 1. Paul says, The man who aspires to be an overseer or a pastor, he desires a noble task. Paul says being an overseer, being a pastor, and pastoral ministry is a task. Some of your translations use the word work. Pastoral ministry is work, not simply a position or a title. Pastoral ministry will involve demanding work. And it's not for lazy or undisciplined people. It's, not, it's also not for those who want an honorary title without paying the cost or putting in the effort. Serving as an overseer of pastor is hard work. And I know, I know some of you find that hard to believe. But let me explain something to you. Mental work is just as hard as physical work. And I know some of you guys who farm are going, you don't have a clue. And I appreciate and I understand the physical labor that you do. And I struggled with this when I first came here. I saw people working and laboring physically hard. And I'm, going, I'm sitting and reading books all day and writing sermons all day. Most of my time is spent. And I begin to feel guilty about that. And I began talking to some other pastors and they asked me, at the end of the day, does your head hurt? Does your brain feel fatigued? Do you go to bed at night not able to think straight anymore? I said, yeah, I have those days. And they said, that's hard work. And I began to realize that mental is just as important as physical. But notice something else here. The task, the work is a noble. Some of your translations have fine or good work. It's an honorable work. It's excellent work. Now, don't misunderstand the nobility mentioned. That's attached to the task. It's not the person performing it that's noble. Overseers and pastors are not noble people. They're ordinary people entrusted with a noble task. Does that, make, does that make sense? It's not the person that's noble. It's the task that he's been assigned to do. What is it about the task that makes it noble? What are, what are overseers, pastors responsible for? Listen as I read from Acts chapter 20 once again. Verse 28. Again, make yourselves a note. Read it later, but listen as I read Acts chapter 20, verse 28. Verse 28 says to the overseers, the elders, the pastors, keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Keep watch over all the flock. That verse goes on to say that overseers keep watch over God's people, the church, people that God, listen, purchased with His own blood. You're sitting here today and you made a profession of faith. You know Jesus. You know what bought you? The blood of God purchased you. To God, the church is the most precious thing on earth. Listen to me, church. Sitting here as a believer, of Christ, follower of Christ, God looks at you, the church, and you're the most precious thing on the face of the earth. That's what God thinks of us. The church. And overseers and pastors keep watch over God's people. People that God purchased with His own blood. People that God sees as precious. Pastors, elders, overseers are, are given that task of watching over them. And here's what I want to say as a point of that application. If the church is precious to God, listen, if the church is precious to God, then in order to be precious to you, if you say that you love Jesus, then you have to love what he loves. You have to love the church. You have to love the people of God. Now, my question is do you love the church? Do you love the church? Not the building. The church is what? The people. Do you love the church? Notice I didn't ask if you attend church or if you just come to Sunday school and then leave or. Love the building. I ask, do you love the church? Do you love God's people? That's a question we need to ask ourselves. Do we love the church? And why would I be pressing that point? God purchased the church with His own blood. That's a precious thing. And we should love the church. So, getting back to the main thing here. What is it about the work of an overseer pastor that makes it a noble work? Listen to Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17. It says there that overseers or pastors, listen to this, keep watch over the souls of God's people. How many of you want to get in line and take on the responsibility of watching over the souls of God's people? They keep watch over the souls of God's people and listen to this, and they will give an account for doing so. One day... I will give an account for watching over your soul. Who do you think I'm going to give that account to? The one who purchased you with his own blood. That's what makes this work a noble task. Uh, Keep watch means to keep oneself awake, to keep watch, to guard, to care for. It actually means to lose sleep at night. That's what it means. The image is drawn from shepherds keeping watch over their flocks. And shepherds, you know this, they had to stay alert in order to guard their flocks from predators. They had to know the sheep and observe them carefully enough to know when a sheep was sick or missing. And they had to go after the strays and try to restore them to the flock. What do you think shepherds did when a sheep went astray? You come back when you feel like it. What did he do? He went after him till he found him. And listen, they will give an account for that. First Peter chapter five, verse two says to the elders and pastors, the overseers, that they're to shepherd the flock of God. Shepherding has the idea of tending, caring for, feeding, protecting, and leading. This is a noble task, not a noble person, but a noble task. Woodrow Wilson. Some of you are at the point in life where you're going, I know who Woodrow Wilson is. Woodrow Wilson was the 28th president of the United States, young folks, from 1913 to 1921. He was asked what was the greatest honor he had in his life. Now, who is Woodrow Wilson? Former president. He was asked what was the greatest honor he had had in his life. And you know what his response was was to be an elder in the local church this man was a president now you're going wait a minute how was how he an elder an overseer in the church in the